0: We discuss Delic and Comden's least fanfic film. My name is Hudson, and my co-host is Grace. Hey, Grace.
1: Hi, Hudson. We're back.
0: We're back. It's been a minute. <clears throat> it
1: has been a minute. It's been uh, pretty much almost exactly four months since the drop of our last episode. We talked oh, wow. about Survivor.
0: The wow. last time we got together, we yeah. sure did. Wow. Yeah. And Survivor finished airing a season.
1: Yeah, there's been a whole season on t- on TV. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and like somebody won it. I'm not going to spoil it here, even though it's like over but
1: yeah yeah, yeah. You know, um but yeah we're back yeah. uh we, we we it was uh you know in september we, l- we recorded our last episode uh i got uh, some very nice messages i thought this was very nice for this little project that we started like in 2020 um people were sharing their like spotify raps and people were like you know you were my lo- most listened to podcast uh or most consistent it's like you know so that was like really cool so uh i'm excited that we're back doing more hold up
0: me too it, i love Hold up for several reasons. Like one, I get to talk to Grace, and two, I get to watch random things that I probably would never watch. Yeah. Like I don't watch a lot of movies at home. Not gonna lie, like I love going to the movies, but just sitting down with a movie is a little bit hard for me. I'm I'm ADD brain. I gotta like get up and pause and like do other stuff because I just can't. I just can't sit still.
1: Yeah. Um. But yeah, we watched a. Well, I was gonna say a fun one. It's not really fun. <laughs>
0: We, we watched one with, with good mainstream appeal. So, like, it had yeah. a very, um, I would say, like, by the numbers kind of plot. So, it wasn't, like, uh, really hard to figure out where it was going and when it would end. And that's always really nice, I feel. Because sometimes you're just like, I have no idea what's going on with this movie, but it's supposed to be two hours and 16 minutes long. So, I just have to kind yeah. of sit here.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it's one of this one. That we watched Philadelphia, the 1993 uh, film, uh, Tom Hanks, Denzel Washington. And,. You know, to me, um, this is one of those movies where um, you, when you look back on it, you're like, oh, it's a little like boring in some way i'm like oh like i think the performances are are pretty good but then some of the content you're like oh okay but then when you think back it's like this is actually one of the first mainstream films there were lots of other films that talked about hiv aids but not ones that probably that got like theatrical releases um and so like yeah it is like an important milestone it's just like now when we look back on it like how many years later we're like huh a little tame <laughs> a little conservative uh lgbtq film you know
0: yeah what did it get an r rating for what was it, was it r? did it you know i'm, I'm, I'm that looking. wouldn't surprise me i don't see it like on the imdb or imdb i'm not on the wikipedia right now so i uh i can't uh i can't confirm this but i imagine it should have gotten a pg-13 and if it got an r i would be like not shocked but like annoyed you know yeah, it's the
1: time it's the time you know
0: because like there yeah. really wasn't any much language there was no gay like intimacy in the movie at all nope. um, besides a scene of them of two men dancing cheek to cheek um and
1: yeah well, so- i see it was, I it was pg but that could be that i don't know that that ever gets updated rated pg for some graphic language and thematic material um that's great actually see Canada feel- was pg yeah
0: if it was PG in the U.S., that'd be wonderful. Just uh, now, it's PG-13 in the U.S., which is still great because it that does make it really accessible to young people, um, which I think is really important. Um, TV-14
1: uh, if it was on TV. Uh, um, Quebec rated a G. That's that's
0: great. Go Quebec. Those, yeah, those those Quebecois they're they're, yeah. they're wild. They're wild up there. Uh-huh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I say up there because um, it's six hours north of where I am.
1: Yeah, I say over
0: there. They're yeah. like east to me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um, But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I love Tom Hanks. Uh, I like Denzel Washington. I just watched uh, The Tragedy of Macbeth. He's very good in that. Um, that. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, there's some stuff in here I think we'll get into that, like, where I would poke holes in the film. But, again, we have to, like, put it in the context that, you know, again, this is the first theatrical major release of a film that's talking about HIV. It's Tom Hanks is, by this point, let me, like, what has he been in by this point? Like, I feel like he's a big star at this point. So for him to play a gay act a gay actor like you know we can talk about like you know we've, we've talked a lot on this podcast about how trans people should get trans roles um you know i think like uh straight people playing gay, you know now i don't think it's as much of a, a big deal but you know um at the time you know it's a big deal for tom hanks to play mm-hmm. a gay actor he had you know he's uh this is after sleepers in seattle after a league of their own um after big so yeah he's like no pun intended. He's big at this point. This is right before Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump comes out the next year, and Apollo 13. But.
0: Wow, and he won Best Actor for this film, so... He did, yeah. Um, this this really, I think, you know, who who knows, you know, if he hadn't taken that role, like, if he would be where he is today. Um, I mean... Is Tom if,
1: Hanks the big... To me, sorry, I interrupted your actually good point with a stupid thought, so I'll let you finish. Your, oh, your I'm just saying, like,
0: you know, like, who knows, you know, like... Would he, you know, I mean, maybe Forrest Gump was already in production by the time he won the Oscar, but, you know, would people go out to see the movie if they didn't know, like, Oscar-winning Tom Hanks was in it? And, you know, I'm just thinking about the trajectory. Imagine, like, the Tom Hanks who isn't, like, America's favorite, like, actor with the douchiest, you know, son in the world.
1: It's Colin, kidding. That's a slander to Colin Hanks. You, no, I'm just Chet you're Hanks. talking about Chet. Yeah, <laughs> I, I uh, he wins back to back here. He wins uh ninety-three and 1994. ninety-four. He wins for uh, Philadelphia and Forrest Gump. So uh, big year, big big ninety-three, ninety-four for. Yeah. Um, and then and then Nicholas Cage wins next year, which uh, you know. for what? Uh, uh, leaving Las Vegas. Ah, never saw that anyway. one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, my point was going to be is Tom Hank. Tom Hanks to me might be. Oh gosh. I was thinking about like actors who are big enough where like, you know when you watch them and you're just like, Yeah, that's that's that actor. Like you can't it doesn't matter who they're acting as. You're like, that's that guy, you know? Um, I always say this about the rock, that like I can't watch a movie. Um uh, on the postary Recaps theater. The first movie we ever covered was Jungle Cruise. And the rock's character is named Frank. I'm like, You're not Frank, you're the rock. That's not you are Dwayne Johnson, you're not you're not Frank. Um I feel like Tom Hanks, is he maybe like the best actor who I feel like does not have that thing of like you're just Tom Hanks maybe some people see that maybe some people are like you're just Tom Hanks the whole time
0: but he's he's kind of like that for me but he's also like this is a, this is like a compliment not a, a diss he's like kinda yeah like he's kind of white bread and so you can put anything on him and it's gonna it's gonna like work kind of like I, I think know?
1: he's charming enough that like even in this movie he's playing like this guy who's like five, he's he's like charming enough that you're like oh yeah I like you you know
0: yeah, but, I'm. I'm like trying to think of an actor who's kind of like The Rock for me, I, and I gotta say it's John Malkovich. Um, you just
1: always see him as John. Ma- well, that's especially when you're watching Being John Malkovich. Yeah, he really feels like John Malkovich in that
0: movie. I think the problem is, is that I think Being John Malkovich was like the first movie where I was like, oh, that's John Malkovich. Um, right. And right. now, like, I mean, try watching Dangerous Liaisons after watching Being John Malkovich, and it's hilarious <laughs> because uh-huh. I can't, I can't see him as like someone in the French court in like what, like the 1800s. Yeah. Um, where whatever i i don't know what time period that movie takes place but it's a hilarious watch if you think just oh it's john malkovich um it's john malkovich, yeah. yeah i wanted anyway. to know what like when you first saw this movie or heard about it yeah
1: it's a movie i'm a i'm a pretty i'm a i'm an oscar stan you know like i'm uh i love the oscars uh not necessarily like the idea of the oscars that's all these rich people giving awards but i just like Um, I really like competition so I like and I like uh, so basically there was a time period probably about like I don't know about 10 years ago where I was like I'm gonna watch every movie that gets nominated for for the major categories and so I feel like for me Philadelphia was in that period of like at some point I was like I'm like oh I want to watch a bunch of stuff that's been nominated for stuff like you know has a best actor nomination has a you know, whatever. And so that's when I went back and watched Philadelphia. But it was like, it's just a little before my time. I was two when it came out. And um, it, you know, and I love Tom Hanks. I feel like it's weirdly a movie that I was not like, oh, I need to watch immediately. But once I sort of like, you know, and it's specifically actually a type of Oscar movie. I really like movies that end up that the Oscars like normally, like the slow, boring character drama. I'm like, that's my jam i will like stay up to watch that whereas i will like fall asleep in the avengers not because i think it's boring it's just like how my brain works so yeah eventually i watched philadelphia probably i don't know within the last 10 years um and then rewatched it uh for this podcast but yeah it sort of like missed me in a sense if that makes sense what about you
0: yeah i mean same in terms of like yeah i never watched it growing up or anything um like i was i only was made aware of it was by like in a kind of funny way i used to subscribe to mad magazine when i was um yes okay and probably in like 2002 2003 when like the gay marriage debate was really heating up again um there was like a like a mad magazine cartoon was like you might be a homophobe if was kind of like the the gist of it and like one of them was you're like you watch all tom hanks films except philadelphia um and i was like What's Philadelphia, and so that's when yeah. I First learned about it, and then I think when I watched the celluloid closet for the first time, they talk about that movie. Um, maybe it wasn't The celluloid closet, but some movie about gay films. Possibly, you know, I've watched so many documentaries about gay movies that sometimes I get them right. a little confused. Like their right. film is rated X. Uh-huh. Um, is another great one about uh, queer cinema. Um, so it could have been that one as well, because um, you know, I think the biggest uh thing that doesn't that 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 uh that that places it in its time period. Let's say that before we get to the H word um is that they don't kiss. And uh Yeah. <laughs> like Tom I mean that's
1: not like a new problem though, right? Like this is like we've talked about modern family on this show before that like it was like they were like seven seasons ends are like, we're gonna do a gay kiss and it's like in the background of the scene. You're like, oh come on. You can't just like actually have them kiss. yeah. There's like no intimacy between um uh, Tom Hanks and Antonio Banderas. At
0: yeah, all? Yeah, you don't, you don't even realize they're lovers sometimes because he Antonio oh. Banderas like pops in and out of the film and yeah, I forget he's in it honestly sometimes.
1: Hundred um, percent. This is always one of my favorite games. Do you want to uh, the alternate universe Philadelphia? The yeah. other people who are considered for this role? Did you have you looked at this at all? It's my I, favorite thing.
0: I did look at it a little bit, and my favorite Kay. is has to be the one who uh, chose the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, over John. Le- <laughs>
1: uh Leguizamo. uh he's been in st- he's he's like sort of like a that guy when you look at him uh he's been in like uh what is he uh, gosh John Wick uh he's in the Super Mario Brothers. played the Ouija. um
0: he was in a really bad movie called The Babysitter I think
1: Yeah um, he's definitely like a a that guy you know he's just like I, you know like you don't know him but yeah Yeah um am trying to see what he's been a in lot of TV
0: like my name is Earl he guest starred on that I remember yeah. Um, yeah. he's just one of those guys and I feel like, I don't know if this movie is kind of for that role a make it or break it though, so I don't think like, it would have oh, had this was not,
1: a, this is a bad, this is not a super standout role for Antonio Banderas You're like, remember, what movie is this being, and you're like, Philadelphia like, it's like, you know uh, not exactly like headlining this movie, you know
0: yeah, so, you know, he, I think he chose the wrong role in the sense of the movie that gets oh, it's, 100% that is more respected, but you know, uh, Super Mario Bros. I feel like you know one day we'll make a uh, people will ironically start standing at some point.
1: Other than our podcast, th- like uh, what what movie is being podcast about more, uh, Philadelphia or Super Mario Brothers? Probably Super Mario
0: Brothers because uh, it's so bad, right? A hundred percent.
1: So yeah, it was covered on Renap, right? So yeah. Um, but the other fun ones, Daniel Day-Lewis was offered the role of Andrew Beckett. He turned it down. Um, some of the fun um, Joe Miller roles, the Denzel Washington roles, Bill Murray and Robin Williams were both considered um, for that role, which is interesting to me. Okay, should we talk about my my big critique of the movie? Yeah. <laughs> should we talk about it? So to me, there's this like, you know... Um, uh, the Joe Miller character, the lawyer who initially refuses to take the case and eventually takes the case, part of the whole plot of the movie, like the reason he decides to um, take the case, whether, you know, it's I think at the beginning, it's not super like um, telling you that this is the exact reason, but he sees similarities in the way that. Um, uh andrew beckett is treated with the way that black people are treated in america the way people with aids were treated was you know could you go somewhere else could you could you do your research somewhere else can you go over here um there's parallels um he sees to that and so he takes the case and then in court he does eventually make this big thing about like discrimination discrimination you know the way i'm treated in society is, is not that much different and to me like the way this, the, the, that made me uncomfortable and I can't tell. And so when I say it's a critique, I don't I guess I don't know if it's a critique. I have always been very careful to make sure that when I talk about me being discriminated as an LGBTQ person, that I am not making the same comparisons as people who uh, experience racism. And so um, part of that is because I feel like as a white person, there's I have a lot of privilege in society that like I don't have to deal with racism. And there's ways in which people who are black and gay have to deal with racism and homophobia so like you know and so yeah i guess in this movie you know i'm like sitting there being like is that right like <laughs> it's like is that i guess like maybe it's one of those things where like maybe black people um people of color are like can say yeah there's similarities but like it's like me it's like how like i this is not the exact same but i have a dog and i can never say that like having a dog is like a uh, having a, ch- a child but to, if like ever somebody who's a parent is like, yeah, having a puppy is kind of like having a child. It's like okay, you can say I'm not allowed to. I'm not allowed to make that comparison. So just like I don't. That's like a part of the movie that I felt weird about, especially because it is Denzel Washington who is black playing this role, but then it also is a white director. Uh, I believe it's written by somebody who's white. So I just feel like, oh, it. You know, okay. I don't know. So I don't know. I don't know. A few thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I. um I don't have huge thoughts on it other than like it's very like uh, they wanted to make this, this this connection happen really fast so they had to like um, figure out a way to like um, do it in the fastest way possible which I think is like the easiest way is boom we hire a black man to portray this lawyer and then we can add, we can make this comparison. Um, Because it would have been interesting, like, you know, apparently this movie went through like 25 rewrites or something. So, you know, when when white actors were offered this role, which also included um, canceled in my heart, um, uh, Mel Gibson and James uh, (laughs) Woods. Like, like, how would they have gotten to that point? Like what like where what was happening in the script to get these.
1: Well, exactly. gosh, you hope that they don't be like, oh, it's kind of like racism.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like Mel Gibson isn't like that, you know, it's kind of like being an anti-Semite, you know, people just tell <clears throat> me to leave.
1: Well, OK, so how would you feel if like if the movie was like if it's a Jewish is and like, oh, the discrimination is the same.
0: Uh, well, like or
1: similar, not the same. I guess the movie is never saying it's the same. They're saying there are parallels.
0: I think my issue is that I have n- almost never been discriminated against for being a Jewish person. So I, right. I can't make that comparison. Um, you know, I think that's part of my privilege of living in one of the most populous, like Jewish populous places in the country. Sure. Um, so, and like, uh, so I really can't like I don't like they could make it with Philadelphia because Philadelphia Wall is still a much more it's still a pretty Jewish area it does have less Jewish people um, so they, they, they definitely could do it with a Jewish person but it's still the same thing it's like it's the same thing in that like you still like even though it's conditional whiteness you still have that protection that a person of color um, who is visibly black or um, any other race like the, you know, doesn't have that ability to hide with, you know. Um yeah.
1: I guess. I guess to me, it's like I wonder, you know, a little bit that like, yeah, this movie is made at a time where like very, you know, it's of 1993. Um, I do wonder. Like, I guess I'm like, oh gosh, if the movie is gonna go there, I guess I, I, um, wish it would have been, you know, <laughs> written by somebody, uh, uh, who's black. And but you know, Denzel Washington like agreed to be in this movie, which is not that like he gets to speak for all black people, uh, but like he does. He does perform this part. He does. He does do it. So you know, I'm just like you know, that's something that I've certainly like felt. Like I sometimes I'm like, yeah, make sure you're not like I'm not making and saying that being LGBTQ is is this the exact same as like experiencing homophobia is not the same as experiencing racism. Um. So then when this movie is like kind of you know there there are similarities. Sure, like you're just being discriminated against for something that like is out of your control. Um. But I don't know. so yeah anyway
0: yeah um yeah it, it's interesting. It's, it's an interesting thought experiment to think about how they would do it like how would they write this um without a black um joe miller you know but, well that's the
1: other thing too i'm like if they like have robin williams in this movie like as joe miller like all of that stuff gets taken you know it's a, it's a slightly different movie you know
0: anyway yeah i you know it, and it's definitely not our place to discuss like you know, having like a, a hyperly homophobic, like black main character, like who does come yeah. around and like also very much like goes from one extreme to the other where like at some points he is extremely accepting of like um, Andrew, Andy, um, which, sorry, I just, I have a um, little rock that I hold to keep my attention and just <laughs> through it by sure. accident. Uh, sure. Anyway, uh, and like, but then other times where he, like, literally attacks a guy for try- for hitting on him, you know? like, um, I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, that's a, it's like, oh, gosh, this is the thing where, like, we go, like, yeah, it's 1993. And then you're also like, oh, but it's also, like, 1993. It's not, like, 1960, you know? So it's like, I don't know. They're like, yeah, that scene is certainly, like, the most jarring. But also he has, like, you know... I do think it's like his portrayal his role in this film is really interesting as somebody, you know, the scene where he's like talking to his wife, you know, about like uh, and being just like very homophobic in in like his own home. Right. Like, um, you know, to the outside world, like that's certainly something that like I think even now, sometimes I'm like um, worried that is a thing that's happening. Right. Like somebody is like sort of nice to me at work and then they go home like, you know, saying all this stuff. And so, you know, to see where he is at the start of this movie and then and also like, gosh, like when I grew up in the 90s, like, you know, the the word faggot gets dropped a ton in this movie specifically from from Joe um, a lot. But also like, gosh, in the 90s, that was like a very like common word to like throw around. Right. Um, At least in like my childhood experience, like it was, you know, it was much more liberally used then then it is now it's you know the sort of shine on that word has you know come off you know people are like yeah you definitely don't say that, that word anymore um but i feel like in 1993 that's like probably accurate like it is a word people used um so i don't know i kind of i kind of don't mind the like story of him being fairly homophobic to then like coming around because so much of his experience um and the reasons he's homophobic like are societal base they're like in his own head he's like never really met queer people so as soon as he does which is something I say a lot of like um, you know like my parents were I don't think my parents were homophobic but certainly were more homophobic than they are now because they know like a a queer person, a trans person, in me, um, and having like getting to like experience that and like get to and know me and know who I am, it's like it has changed their views, right? Which I think is what this movie with Joe is trying to do, which I actually think works really well.
0: Yeah, and I mean, like, also in general, I feel like you know they wanted people to come to this movie, seeing you know a Tom Hanks film, and you know mm-hmm. be like, oh, if Tom Hanks is gay. I guess like it's okay. <laughs> like all Americans. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, obviously he's not actually gay, but you know, um, in, in, in the movie and, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like sad to say like, you know, like you, that like, it had to be someone like Tom Hanks to play this character, to make it as this movie, as big as it was. Like, um, do we have Kinda a list did. besides Daniel Day-Lewis who
1: I don't see other, um, but let me, let me look it up while we're
0: chatting. Yeah. I don't think Daniel Day-Lewis would be as well received as Tom Hanks, like um, wait, am I I always get Daniel Day-Lewis and Daniel Craig mixed up. So I um, thinking... Daniel
1: Day-Lewis is like Lincoln and um, What else has he been in uh, a bunch of stuff? Uh, it's, um, let's see here um, is he There will be blood Gangs in New York there will be blood Lincoln the phantom thread um, Yeah, been been stuff.
0: I think Daniel Day-Lewis is the opposite of Tom Hanks in that I never know when he's in a movie like sure, sure. Like I never know it's him, sure. and I'm like, oh, like I can't, I cannot picture what Daniel Day Lewis looks like. Like I just get Daniel. Yeah, that's Craig. fair. And like I was thinking, wow, like Daniel Craig, if he was in this movie, would he be Bond? Um, <laughs> my bad. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I I do think like there is something about like the idea that like they would have cast a gay actor at the time also means the movie is not this like huge box office thing like you could put a no name next to dental Washington, but like there were not a lot of out actors at the time like leading who like also hollywood has to consider like a leading man so the fact that like they do have tom hanks be in that role i do think is like is a boon to the movie even if like you know do i wish that there would have been an out movie star at the time who like hollywood would have cast sure absolutely it just like wasn't like that so to have tom hanks in this movie i think like yeah starts to open the door that like yeah you can have a successful movie that's like has lgbtq themes and eventually it can like you know not to, not to heap lgbtq advancements on tom hanks but eventually you can have other mainstream movies that don't need tom hanks
0: so yeah, yeah. i mean we're still kind of waiting on the big gay movie that stars like an openly gay person, like what was the last big gay movie to come out? Like, um, call me by your name. Mo-
1: moonlight, probably moonlight and call me by your
0: name. And those, I think moonlight at least was directed. Call by me by your name comes out AM. after
1: moonlight. Um, uh, moonlight came out in 2016, uh, directed by Barry Jenkins. I don't,
0: yeah, Barry Jenkins, I believe, is open the gay, but I don't believe the actors in the movie were, were open the gay.
1: Uh, in Moonlight, I don't believe that they were, but I have to look that up. Um, yeah, and then Call Me By Your Name, definitely yeah. not uh, lead. Uh, we got a Cannibal, yeah. and we so,
0: got a Timothy. <laughs> Timothy. Wait, is Barry Jenkins not
1: gay? Um... um I don't know
0: sorry like I uh, yeah I guess he has, fun a, where we... he has a female partner so I guess my bad uh, no
1: well he could also be not straight
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, queer um, but, anyway but I assumed he was gay for some reason I don't know why
1: um. <laughs> well I mean it just proves that like yeah somebody who's a you know and, and like a big film I feel like uh, they're like little indie films are still coming out like sure um, but like uh, uh, what about um, what was that one uh, portrait of a lady on fire is one that came out. Did you watch that?
0: It's very good. I did not see that one.
1: Uh, Subtitled, so I certainly can see why people might not want it. Uh, There was
0: Carol, um, that also starred straight women.
1: Uh, So Portrait of a Lady on Fire was directed by uh, Celine Siama, who is is gay. Um, I don't know if either of the leads our LGBTQ let's yeah I don't they don't really have extensive because uh, it's a foreign film but that film was great uh, if you haven't watched it it's really good okay so uh, one of the stars Adele Hanel uh, is a lesbian so that's something but even that's like indie you know foreign film
0: yeah I'm, so, l- I'm looking yeah. for like you know big budget type movies like sort of sort of thing Oh man, come on! Give me. I'm like look at the Wikipedia well, page, and it's alphabetical, not by year. And I'm
1: just like, oh. well we we only just got like you know a gay uh, Marvel superhero, right? In a Eter- which is like Eternals, which has like a ten person cast, has one uh, gay character. I did like the portrayal uh, of of them in, in that movie. It's like you you do see him like raising a kid. Um, it's like that's cool, but like yeah, there's just like has not been. Uh, a super mainstream movie that uh um at least to my knowledge someone will correct us if we're wrong um we like yeah the the leads or whoever are like queer people playing queer characters but.
0: yeah I'm, I'm trying to do like anyway i guess like m m butterfly actually which came out which isn't i guess huge but didn't it star um it? no never mind
1: but even if you look at like you know uh one of the bigger movies that's like has oscar buzz this year is the power of the dog um has queer queer uh themes there's nobody as far as i know there's nobody queer uh in that movie so anyway
0: yeah it's it's a little disappointing just like to think like we can't even like come up with one um you know and i'm, I'm like trying to quickly do some search of like any like big movie in the past couple years and really nothing is nothing like, and obviously this is just a U.S.-based, like, you know, North America sort of look. Like, there's definitely movies in, like, you know, other regions that may be, like, like A Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which, you know, is French. Um, And, oh, they're saying, like, Rocket Man, but Rocket Man had a straight man playing. Like, I was so annoyed when Rocket Man had a yeah. straight man playing Elton John. And Elton John was like, oh, he's, he's going to be great.
1: Yeah. I love that movie, but. Yeah. I did not like that movie, Um.
0: But... Maybe oh. 10 years we can
1: talk uh, about it. In the shadow of a Bohemian Rhapsody. I thought it was great. <laughs> I did not see Bohemian Rhapsody so, um, because
0: I was like, I do not yeah. want to see Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, anyway, I mean, uh, I, I do think that, like, Tom Hanks' performance in this movie is is really good, talking about, like, you know, he, I mean, he is, like, you know, one of the greatest actors of all time, in my opinion. Um, he's really good in this. Um, you know, I think it's... Um, you know, this movie certainly could have been a movie that was about HIV AIDS and just not go to the length that this movie did to like show how sick uh, people can be. And I, I thought there's some really good choices in this movie in terms of, um, you know, I did not live through the, the AIDS epidemic, but certainly the, you know, from everything I've read and heard and seen in regards to like just how um, afraid people were of people who had AIDS. Like when... um Andy comes in to want to hire Joe as his lawyer. He takes off his hat and he puts it on the table and like the camera like lingers on the hat, like, gosh, you put your like AIDS hat on my, on my desk. Like, what are you doing? You know? Um, that was like, that's real. That was, there was like real fear and real, um, you know, and a lot of that is like, not just like, to me, I think it's not just unfounded fear in that it's not real. There is, um, some of that in this movie, I think that's well done when he goes to the doctor and he's like, uh, like asking the doctor questions and the doctor's like, well, no, these are the only ways it gets transmitted. Like you definitely like didn't get it from like touching somebody. I think that like, um, that's good. But also like to me, it like, not that the movie plays into this a lot, but a lot of that like misinformation stuff is just from like, um, the lack of, uh, care people and the government put on people who live with HIV AIDS like it was so intentionally like not talked about and 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 just like you know purposely designed to just let those people suffer um, so that because they didn't care Um, and so like that's where that misinformation comes it's like you know eventually once you learn okay hopefully you can take the information, but there was such a lack of information that you couldn't even like learn, you know, um, uh, or, or you know, and like not everybody's just going to go and like do their own information. So, like, there should be more public information about it, you know, and there just wasn't. And so um, I just thought like the stigmatization uh, of AIDS in this movie. Again, I didn't live through it. I don't know anybody who had it, but like it, it felt really powerful, at least in this like movie version. Um,
0: yeah, like. And like in that same vein, it's like I feel like there's um, they highlight the like double standards of getting like or, you know, um, getting HIV through sex versus getting it through like a blood transfusion. Like they they very they they purposely highlight that um, in the movie. And it very it feels, you know, we we, you know, we are living through a pandemic right now. And even though it's a much, you know, less fatal Uh pandemic. Um, well, I don't think HIV was ever considered a pandemic in the United States, um, but we're so like we're living through a much less fatal, you know, time period for disease. But you know, I feel like we're still dealing with the shame around um, contracting it. You know, um, in the '80s and '90s, you know, especially after you know people learned how the disease was contracted, um, you know, it was shameful if you were a gay man and you got it from unprotected sex um and that shame you know doesn't help anybody you know like what's the you know like it just prevents someone from getting treatment it it prevents them from getting tested um in the same way that today while you know coronavirus is not yeah killing every you know every other person who gets it without treatment um like i feel like there's that still that sense of shame that if like you go out to a movie or you go go out to eat and you contract the disease regardless of being vaccinated you there's there's shame in it because and you don't want to know because you don't want you know to have to tell your friends and family like you know i saw you after i went and did this thing and now i have to uh you know tell you and you have to get tested and all the you know it's it just yeah it just reminds me of that and um I, it just serves as a reminder that we should not be judging people who who contract any disease, um, because it just adds mm-hmm. stigma that, you know, just prevents people from 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 getting better.
1: Um, if folks want to, you know, a, a TV show that to me um, feels quite a bit uh, better, you know, in terms of representation about the the AIDS. Um, Epidemic. Um, it's a sin is a really good miniseries. Um, I can't. I don't remember if it's an an HBO. I think it was an HBO miniseries. Uh, it's really really good. Um, it's not that many episodes. I think it's five episodes, set in the UK. Um, it's really really good. I uh, strongly consider watching it if you're like you know want more information um, or like want more media that's like centered around um, this and that time period. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting that we chose to watch this movie uh, uh, as we are, you know, although most of the time we've podcast, I think the entire time we've podcasted, we have been in the COVID-19 epidemic, but certainly, yeah, there are some um, comparisons. I always, um, you know, I, th- I mean, the heart of this movie is about being discriminated against um, for having HIV and AIDS being fired um, because of that and not because of your actual like, you know, Joe's uh, or Andy's sorry, ability at work. I always talk a lot about like the thing that really sucks about being discriminated against um, at work. Like I had these like massive fears before I came out as trans that like they were just going to fire me. And uh, they're like, people would be like, well, they can't, they can't fire you. And it's like, gosh, they certainly just could and then I have to fight it, you know, is like the thing that I always said that like would suck. Right. Like um, I would just lose my job, even if they're wrong, you know, and and then I have to do all of this work. And you see, you know, you know, at least now there, you know, there are organizations who would like, you know, if that happens to me at my workplace. There are places who would like take that on pro bono who would like um, probably like, you know, advocate for me. But it's still like work I have to do. And like in 1993, uh, how many lawyers does Andy say he went and tried to go hire before he gets to Joe, like 12 or something. Right. And then he's eventually just going to take on the case himself before Joe eventually <clears throat> helps him. Um, it's the thing I always say that like, yeah, they they can't discriminate against you, but actually like there are many ways in which you still can basically legally discriminate against people in in America, in Canada. Um, and so yeah, I think that this movie is like, you know, an example of that. That like even if there's a chance that he loses this case, right? There's a chance that like the jury is just like, nah, yeah, they they made a good point, you know? Like uh this movie is like obviously a film version of like the most dramatic version of this case. There are a ton of other cases that happen all the time where the jury or the judge is just like, Yeah, no, I don't buy it. You know, I'm gonna side with like the company. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, you know, there, there were some essays written by gay activists after the film came out. I think the most well known one was Larry Kramer, who, uh, was, you know, legendary AIDS activist. He founded act up, um, and has was, you know, part of AIDS, uh, you know, uh, activism literally since it, before it had a name basically. Um, and he was saying how this was so implausible that this man would be fired because the, it, his, his, his disease would fall under the, um, the ADA, which uh, protects disabled people. And it just, it, like, you know, it, it, it reeks of this, like, inability to understand that a lot of people don't have this, like, even what this character Andy has of, like, the ability to get a lawyer and resources. A lot of people don't have those resources. He is a lawyer. Yet.
1: He is a lawyer exactly. too, you know. Not everybody who gets fired from their job for being gay or trans is a lawyer. Yeah. And <laughs> in fact, I would, I would, I think the majority of people are not. That's just a guess. Yeah.
0: That's just a and guess. and people might not know their rights. They might and like even if they do know their rights, they know that they aren't going to be able to win a case against some big corporation. Like in this case, it was a law. It was you know not a huge law firm. Like, but like if you're fired from McDonald's for being trans, it's going to be a lot harder to like fight that than it what what happened to. To Andy and, um,
1: and unfortunately, and unfortunately not always worth it um i um was uh, there's a tick tock was following, in which um this woman was kicked out of a store it's like has to do with like a a service dog she had her service dog off a leash and like the reason that they don't have a leash on the dog it's like such a tangent but like the reason the dog is not on a leash is because if she has a seizure the dog needs to be able to go get somebody to come and bring them back so the dog for safety reasons can't be on a leash if like it's on a leash and it ends up being like tied to the human there's nothing like they can do and this like store was like no we can't have dogs off leashes And they're like no it's literally against the law for you to tell me like we have to like if we put our dog in a leash and we have to leave like I have all the paperwork to show you and um, so anyway they get like asked to leave they like don't the store doesn't let down they leave and then everyone's in the tiktok comments are like sue them sue them and she's like there's no point in doing that there's like absolutely like I can like file a complaint but it's like it is not worth it for me to have to try and like put up a legal battle that they like kicked me out of a store, you know, and that's like a very small example, but like d- being discri- there, there is a level in which being discriminated against it's, it's too much onus for a person, especially if you are somebody who is like uh disabled, you know, if you're LGBTQ, you're more likely to like, you know, um, you know, have, have lower income, have, you know, there's all these reasons why like you are not in a position where then you can like, fight a legal battle you know um, and so it's just actually not worth it uh, there's a, there's a limit between like I wasn't discriminated against enough for it to be worth it for me to like fight that battle uh, which is like incredibly sad that that's our society but like that is, that is absolutely yeah
0: I agree, I agree too I I, I worked in an office place where I would hear transphobic comments once in a while and you know I was not out there um, you know I was quote-unquote stealth so you know people would just say these sort of things in front of me without realizing like how fucked up it was and it for me it was not worth dealing with because i didn't think hr was going to be on my side you know it's like they're here they're to protect the company um and like yeah it's it's just like like this movie is an extraordinary circumstance where someone with the resources is able to do this fight and it is a little frustrating to say like with Larry Kramer saying this couldn't happen because of the ADA and I'm like no this happens all the time the ADA barely protects disabled people and there are a lot of disabled people out there who don't agree with the ADA's like implementation and what it does And um you know there's, there's a lot of good arguments for why it needs to be changed um and you know it was 94.
1: I mean this is a movie where like this is a movie where like the bad guys are explicitly bad guys. Yeah. They're explicitly evil, you know? But there are lots of ways in which, like, the exact argument that they make, like, Joe... Lo- or Ant- I keep calling him Joe. He looks like a Joe. Is he a Joe in another movie? Is he... I think Tom Hanks... Play- I think in, like, Sleepers in Seattle or something, his name is Joe. But Andy, you know, the whole, like, losing the paperwork, the whole thing where they, like, set him up to frame him, like, in another job, that just works. Uh, everybody toes the line of, like, yeah, we didn't know he had AIDS, you know? And it just works. And so... Um, yeah, I, the idea that like, there aren't ways in which companies can just discriminate against people just cause ADA is but does ADA make it, um, less likely for people to be able to be discriminated against a hundred percent. Absolutely. It's like better, but it's not perfect. It's not, it's not, you know, this like irredeemable thing that like, well, ADA is in place. So like nobody, definitely nobody's getting fired from being gay. <laughs> like, this
0: is not true. Yeah. And then the other issue is like, like this is like pre all the terrible contracts that became like that people that company started pushing on like minimum wage workers back in the day and like forced arbitration, um, which basically yeah. means that in like you have to internally settle it and you're not allowed to take it to court. Um, right. Which nowadays uh, it's starting to be dismantled, that sort of thing. Like, um, you know, um, judges are saying like that's not like you can't do that. Um, but this, you know, for right. a long time and probably during the time period when this movie was out, maybe not, maybe things were still okay for, for workers in the, in the nineties, you know, when my parents, they, uh, they, they decided to have children, they said, the, the world looks okay right now. We're going to have kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. so maybe uh, the nineties were okay. Yeah. Um, in terms of workers rights. You could buy a house. Yeah. Back then. Yeah. yeah I dream of, buying um, an apartment. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, the other thing, too, I think it's like interesting here is like when you talked about like um, your coworkers making like transphobic comments and like um, there is this thing. And I've talked about this before on this podcast. So, you know, like uh, might be like um, whatever, but uh, repeating myself. But there is this like idea I often feel like as a queer person, as a trans person, that like I'm trying so hard to not feel like I am like causing trouble is the bad word but like being an inconvenience creating a stir causing an issue you know like somebody misgenders me and it's like do i correct them now or like was that a miss that was that was probably just like a slip up or like a mistake or they don't realize um so then I'm like i'm not going to say anything and if i say anything like i'm creating conflict not them you know it's like um these look very complicated for like you feel like you are being uh in ways like mistreated at work but I think because of our like, you know, we always are trying to like, I think for not always, but like many of us are often trying and people who, you know, were closeted for a long time, you know, are often feeling like we have to like conform to society, like hide ourselves, you know, fit in. And so you can become really good at not creating us like a disturbance or creating a scene, you know, and so then when stuff happens, even when you're out, you're like there's a little piece of you that like reverts back to that. You're like, don't, don't say anything. Cause it's like, it's fine. It was probably an accident. It's no big deal. Even though you are like, if, you know, I would tell somebody else who like gets my gender, like correct them. It's fine. Like, let's, you know, if I was there, you know, I would correct, correct them. Um, but personally, it's so much harder when you're in that position. And so there's ways in which like, yeah, there's those little things that up, like at your workplace in your, you know, whatever. Yeah. So
0: And the yeah. other, the other side of that is that if you do become the person who makes an issue out of you know people being transphobic like intentionally or not intentionally is that they're not going to want to hang around you because they're worried they're going to get in trouble yeah and so there's like it's really a double-edged sword um if you're someone who is who deals with microaggressions at work which is like a lot of people these days you know yeah um
1: also just say, I'm, I'm not going to, if any of my coworkers are like, I'm not going to HR if you misgender me. It's just, if it feels like you purposely and intentionally misgender me all the time. I'm going to go to HR. That is it. But if you like flub up, even if you like flub up a lot, I'm probably, I'm probably just like, oh, it sucks that they keep flubbing up, you know? Um, but, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we
0: haven't yeah. really, you know, we, we, we never really got into like the meat of what the movie's about. I think, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's loosely based on another person's on someone's life. And um, mm-hmm. fittingly, there was a lawsuit that they tried to. So the, the family of this person, I believe his name was Jeffrey Bowers. Um, I have to look at my.
1: Yeah, Jeffrey Bowers. Yeah.
0: yeah. So uh, so the d- director of the film,
1: he sued the writers of the, the makers. Yeah, of Yeah. Well,
0: um, he didn't. I believe his family did because he w- he had passed by that point. Um, oh, yeah. But right. It was right, a very right, right. similar story where he was discriminated against about because of his HIV AIDS status, and um, they and they actually had interviewed his family about, and I believe him as well about um, his experiences, and we're going to make a movie about him, um, and then scrapped it, and instead made something that was the same exact plot, basically. Except I think his his discrimination occurred in a different arena, like or something. I don't I yeah. don't remember the exact. Table, um, Information, but yeah, the the movie you know it's it's very like it's Tom Hanks is a successful lawyer at a big hotshot law firm that um, represents big corporate clients, and the first scene of the movie is him going up against the um, the lawyer uh, Joe, who uh, is considered an ambulance chasing lawyer, like will take on any sort of case, and. Um, then it's you know it's revealed that he has HIV because you know he's go, he's getting blood work done and he's like in this clinic that's obviously for HIV and AIDS patients, and um, then one of his uh, his his one of the partners at the firm sees his um, uh, Kaposi sarcoma lesion, which is um, commonly associated with HIV patients. But I feel like I don't remember it like being as common in the '90s, but maybe it still was very common. I guess you know because you know AZT was not like a successful treatment um and that was like the big one back Mm -hmm. then um and so they 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 fire him um for incompetence uh and then yeah then he goes then then the rest of the movie is like you know he once he convinces joe to be his lawyer the rest of the thing is a it's a courtroom drama for the last like hour of the film um with
1: yeah, lots of, like, uh, you know, did you know that he had AIDS? No, he didn't know. Trying to prove that, like, he was a good employee up until the point in which they, like, discover the lesion. Um, bringing in other people who are, like, you know, another woman who, like, had a blood transfusion. Um, yeah, anyway, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, some out some outbursts from Joe Miller, the intense yeah. lawyer. Yeah, I would say yeah.
0: the biggest thing about this movie that I would say... Um, would still work in a film today is how supportive Andy's family was of him. Um,
1: Oh, I love that. I thought it was so great. I love the scene when he's telling them that he's going to sue them, the company. Um, And I thought it was just like delicate balance between everybody being supportive. And also there's just like really clever thing I think where they do where like the, I think the sister or sister-in-law is like, I am just kind of worried about mom. And I think like, clearly the parents are sitting there being like supportive, um, and good. And I love to see, I love that. Like, uh, Andy is like holding like holding the baby. but he's like feeding or the, the baby is asleep. I can't remember. Um, and it's just like feels uncommon, right? Like so many LGBTQ stories that are films, the central tension can often be about like how you don't have family support. And so um i love that like his brother's like you know i'll support you whenever i love that this because it feels so much truer that like you know i am worried about how this will play on mom it feels truer and much less two-dimensional than saying um. Yep. We all love you. We're, it's all gonna be fine. You know, hers being like, I am worried how this like stress will play on mom. Like, this is a, that feels like a conversation my brother and I have had when like I am. You know, there's a point where I, you know thinking about different pronouns or surgeries or whatever, and like I haven't really talked to my parents about that, but I talked to my brother, and my and my brother's like, oh yeah, that will be like a hard conversation to have with our parents. You know, that just felt so real and true, and I I just really love that. Scene. I
0: I think. Like, they obviously, they definitely did this purposely, but having, just showing like how affectionate physically his family was towards him, hugging, kissing, letting him hold the baby yeah. to feed the baby, yeah. I think was a huge message yeah. to send to, you know, the straight audience watching this film. Like, like you can touch people with AIDS. You're not going to get AIDS mm-hmm. through that, through this contact. And I, you know, even like I'm watching this and I'm just spotting the scene that you discussed earlier where, um, when Andy first goes into Joe's office and, um, He's freaks out with the hat being put on the the desk him holding yeah. the cigar uh, the wrapped cigar that is on um, Joe's desk and then immediately you know it goes to a scene with the doctor saying no you can't get AIDS through you only can get AIDS through you know um, sex and blood um but like how well known was that then like because you know who like what was sex education like in the early 90s um you know during the Reagan era it, they it was it was not taught at all you know condoms were were promoted. the
1: the only other example I can think of you know and again I didn't live through it and so um, my my uh, folks who to did um, feel free to like reach out and, and correct me if I'm wrong um, but the other really big example that I feel like is like well known from the time is a um, uh, princess Diana I'm like going to meet um, like AIDS patients and like hugging them and touching them and shaking their hands and just being like yes yeah, totally fine you know we can you know they're human beings this is not how AIDS is transmitted um, and that was like a really big deal and it gets like the late eighties, early nineties. Um, so, you know, it's not like it's untrue. It's just like Sigma takes a long time to like, uh, change. Like, st- you know, mis misinformation takes a long time, um, to become, uh, not misinformation. Yeah. You know,
0: um, you know, I thought you were going to say, and that's also the UK. I thought you were going to say yeah, the Degrassi episode that was. Oh, also <laughs> the Degrassi. Because yeah. Jr. I definitely tackled that issue. Um. Yes. Uh, how how excited are you for the reboot?
1: Oh, it's incredibly <laughs> excited. I think all Canadians are mandatory. Like we're forced to be excited yeah. about it. We publicly have to. That's the state. Oh, well, I think I have a statement here somewhere I could read. Yeah. Uh, I'm putting it on the li- Something
0: for us yeah. to watch uh, in the future.
1: Yeah, we should we should watch a Degrassi episode before uh, um, the new one comes out. Yeah,
0: I mean, so I, just a few other things I I, I just want to touch on. Um, I know we're hit. We're going to be close to an hour soon, but so I don't want to I don't want to keep us here too long, but. Um, one of the most um, interesting things, like and very sad things, I read when I was looking at the Wikipedia and the IMDb was that there was a statistic that there were fifty-three gay men with um, HIV or AIDS who appeared in various scenes throughout the movie, and within the next year, oh. three of them had died. And that included oh, that's very someone sad. Someone a played a, 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 recur- a recurring, a supporting character who the the studio tried to prevent from being allowed to be in the movie because it would uh crank up their insurance costs which would have been very uh very accurate. um do
1: you know what movie
0: you yeah, were making <laughs> so in the end they did concede and allow him to be in the film um and that yeah it like and that's actually like kind of something that was big in like the late 80s early 90s was getting gay actors who had who had hiv or aids like into into shows like tv episodes so they could stay on their insurance like the sag insurance um, oh right, right, uh, right. To be able to take care of them before they died. Um, I there was a, a incident of that, or an incident there was an occurrence of that um, in Star Trek: The Next Generation, um, where uh, they they purposely hired this this gay actor so that he could stay um, on his insurance. Um,
1: gosh, that's like very sweet, and also like, gosh, capitalism sucks, yeah. huh?
0: Yeah, <laughs> it, it really yeah. does.
1: Um, <laughs> you gotta hey. You, you're sick? you got to act in this movie so you can have insurance. Yeah,
0: yeah. American, <laughs> it's American so sad. insurance, we, we're, 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 yeah, we, we're, we're doing well. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, on a li- yeah. I, I guess it's not a lighter note, but another interesting thing was that, so, like, they, the protesters who were outside the courthouse, they actually got um, the Westboro Baptist Church to, to make a cameo, and they are well-known as the extremely homophobic um, cult cult that was ru- uh, run by Fe- Fred Phelps, and he actually said about the movie, it is one of my favorite uh, comedies. Yeah, he oh, was a, a sick, sick, sick man. Um, highly recommend um, listening to or reading his granddaughter's um, book about leading the cult, um, Megan Phelps. Uh, yeah, like I-, I listened to it because I prefer audiobooks, and it was a really informative and great read, especially about trying to get people out of radical. Like from being radicalized in a very dark place, so yeah.
1: I fell into like uh, just you know not. I didn't fall into the we- the Baptist church. I didn't become a part of them. But like you know, YouTube videos on like what the hell they're up to. It's like it is it is yeah. wild, uh, just truly horrendous. Off people. So they have a cameo in this yeah, movie.
0: What so, so, you know the cor- when they show the protesters outside? Yeah, they are some of the yeah protesters protesting against
1: who 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 got, who decided to do that i'm so mad <laughs> but then got to be in the movie that's yeah. ridiculous anyway whatever, um,
0: whatever.
1: Yeah. i'm mad about something from yeah. 1993
0: and just remember the westboro baptist church is like basically like defunct at this point like the, the daughter of fred phelps runs it nowadays and they're kind of like a yeah. laughing stock at this point um but yeah. i would say the best thing to watch about them is like most ha- the hated family in america it's a documentary by louis theroux um, who is a British gonzo documentarian and it's probably on YouTube.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought the ending of this movie is inter- the, like, um, the home movies of, uh, Andy as a kid has an interesting choice of like, I get the like theme. It's so sad that like, yeah, it's like his happiest moments have to be of him as a kid. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. We were talking about this is the first theatrical release. I think at some point we should watch and the band played on, which is like the TV movie that came. Uh, it um, is sort of considered like the first uh, TV movie to cover uh, the HIV AIDS epidemic. Yeah. Uh, it, has a, I, it has an interesting cast. Alan Alda, Ian McKellen, Lily Tomlin and Richard Gere. I read, we should watch I read that. that book. Point.
0: It's a really thick one. Um, oh okay. yeah. I read it about, yeah, read it's it about a big 20 one. <laughs> years ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was sitting on a bench and this person sat down next to me and asked what I was reading. And I said, Oh, a book about AIDS. And then they, that person quickly got up and <laughs> walked away. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. We should, we should yeah. watch that at some point. Uh, cause it's considered the first like TV movie to cover also, the topic. should but, also check out, yeah.
0: um, the real world season with Pedro on in San Francisco because he has yeah. yeah, yeah. a, um, like a, um, memorial service for, uh, Randy Schultz, uh, during the filming of the show. Um, I watched that season when I was in high school, um, back Back then, when you could get the DVDs uh, from the library. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd
1: be... If I could have all the money back um, that I bought on TV box sets, I would love Yeah, me love too. That. I would
0: like all that money. I back. left all my DVDs yeah. in a house I lived in in college, and yeah. I'd never look back. But I probably spent yeah. thousands on DVDs.
1: Yeah, there's... Probably thousands of dollars, like not now, but at the time when I bought them, like thousands of dollars worth of DVD box sets in my parents, uh, um, yeah, yeah. uh, um, house.
0: yeah, yeah I, anyway,
1: any, any other, yeah, Philadelphia I, I, do have I one
0: last thought and it's just, you know, it, it really mm-hmm. reminds me how much we do take for granted, like HIV and AIDS these days. Like a lot of people yeah, still die for sure. from the disease. Um, especially, in, yep. you know, in America, it, it disproportionately affects black people and poor people. Um, yep and and addicts as well Um, there was like you know when when mike pence was the governor of indiana there was a huge outbreak of uh hiv infections due to shared needles um because of his lack of doing anything about the opioid epidemic um and yeah you know like we have prep we have pep we have um you know we have medications that make you know living with hiv just a like a chronic illness not a death sentence now um yeah and you know we're we're so we're we're so blessed that like we are in this era and you know there's, they're 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 trying to develop you know a vaccine that will you know prevent people from being able to even get it um, like we may be living at a point where HIV is eradicated.
1: Oh yeah, I, I saw that that they are using the mRNA vaccine. They have um, looked into whether it can um, uh, curate. That's that's quite yeah. It's, yeah, I mean yeah. So yeah, I think the idea that like it's like. For me, like, you know, we're talking about it, but like it is I just think like what I always hear from people who live through is like you will never understand what it's like to, to live through uh, a period where like everybody in your specific community all the time is I, I talked about. It's a sin. I think Pose uh, does a really good job of um, uh, look, examining what it's like to live with it and also like live in a society that um, where it's like, you know, it just moves so quickly through their um, society. Pray tell. Uh, a character uh, played by the great Billy Porter is like, um, you know, just constantly going to funerals because his friends just keep dying. Um, And just like, that's just incredibly hard to even fathom. You know, even COVID, you know, it's like, it wasn't really until Omicron that I was like, oh yeah, a bunch of people are getting it. But nobody was like, nobody I know died. For me personally, nobody I know died from it. But people, you know, during the AIDS epidemic, it was like, all of your friends just got sick and died. Yeah. You know, so...
0: Yeah, I just, I, yeah, it's really something I think, yeah, we just need to be really, you know, thankful as younger queer people, you know, and we, I think it's something, you know, when you, when you talk, like I think a lot of people, you know, they love making their boomer jokes, and there are like, you know, older gay people who can be kind of reactionary in their point of view, but there's also a lot of gay people who live through the scene, like all their family and friends die, and we have to really take that into account, that that's something we, we, we won't deal with. It, like hopefully obviously knock on wood uh <laughs> yeah um
1: yeah and yeah we lost a lot of you know think of the amount of people in our community like who are around because uh, of the inattention um that the aids uh epidemic w- was given is like truly sad um a whole generation of people who were lost so
0: yeah. yeah. Um sorry just kind of end this off, like not not end it end it but you know kind of get to our uh, our question um on such a somber note but oh yeah you know, it is time to ask that i think. Um so Grace what do you think do you think it holds up?
1: I I do think it holds up. I think that like, you know, I do think um, there's ways in which this movie does feel dated, but I think overall, I think it's like, actually, this is actually one of the movies that I feel like the more we talked about it, the more I appreciate it a little bit. Like when I'm watching it, I'm like, yeah, it's all right. And then like, as you sort of like examine what they're actually trying to do in the movie, um, I do think it's like, it is really good. I think the performances are really strong. I, I think that that, you know, as I'm sitting, like, rethinking about that scene where his parents are supportive, I think that that's, like, his whole family It's where I think it's, like, really powerful. Again, I talked a lot about how I I like the, like, uh, character development that they give to Joe in this movie. So, yeah, I think overall it, it holds up. I think it's well worth watching, even if you can, like, watch it with this, like, lens. Like, yeah, it's made in 1993. You know, there's ways in which, like, that's going to, like... um color the movie but yeah overall i think it's it's it does yeah i I
0: definitely agree with you i think um the way it was made was in a way that is still like really easy to watch in a contemporary setting like there's films you watch and it's like it's full with references you don't get because like it's so of its period and this movie really i think tried to be like timeless in that sense um and i really appreciate that i do i don't think i would recommend people to watch it just because it's a little boring to me it was a little boring once it got to the courtroom (laughs) scenes but i'm just not i'm not a law and order type of person um and it does take like an hour of the film in the courtroom uh <laughs> i was i was i was counted yeah. uh like i <laughs> um yeah so i don't know if i would necessarily recommend it but i would say that if you are someone who wants to see like you know what the majority of america was like you know their what their you know experience with hiv, HIV and aids like and what how they were exposed to it in terms of like Understanding it was in that time period, this is the movie to watch. Like, it's not offensive. It's, um, yeah, it's just, it's a, just a good film. Um, yeah. yeah. Grace, what are we, uh, gonna be, uh, discussing next week?
1: All right. We're gonna, uh, you know, my favorite, uh, um genre of television which is um uh, sitcoms that aired on NBC on Thursday nights in like the late uh you know uh aughts uh the 2000s um we're going to watch an episode of 30 Rock season 1 episode 3 blind dates um Jack sets Liz up um on a date with a yeah. lesbian so first
0: episode of 30
1: yeah. Rock i saw 30 <laughs> 30 Rock uh, the uh, they've the, I feel like is a show that has been interesting because it feel like it's been under fire a bit. There's some blackface in that show that they've like t- uh, taken out um, of the stuff that's like streaming. Um, so I'm like in- intrigued. This is like very early Thirty Rock, uh, season one, episode three. So I'm like intrigued by this one to see how they tackle uh, you know gay yeah, themes. and
0: you know Thirty Rock is one of those shows that's very of its type in that there's the references they pull are just like you like they, yes. it's like a million references a minute there's sports there's politics there's comedy references like you need a you need a like an encyclopedia of 30 rock to watch the show um which may make it an interesting thing it should they should
1: have 30 rock should uh, amazon prime should get 30 rock so you can use like the x-ray yeah. vision <laughs> Do you ever use the x-ray vision feature i feel like this is a show that would be well suited to the x-ray oh vision I, I
0: i wholeheartedly agree like yeah they they need to get on it um
1: this episode was nominated for Outstanding Individual Episode in a Series Without a Regular Gay Character at the GLAAD Media Awards. That's how so desperate that's, we were in again?
0: 2007. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to it because, like I said, 3 Rock, Rock is one of my favorite shows, even though it is problematic as all. But it also was way ahead of its time in a lot of ways, too. Yes.
1: Yeah. should be fun. All right.
0: Well, I'll see you then. All right. Bye. Bye.